0: Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast video edition. We are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for joining us. You can always find us 24-7 at pathtozion.com where all of the audio messages are hosted there. And of course, you can find us here on the YouTube channel. Um, Just search Path to Zion, subscribe, uh, mark these if you want. Again, as I always say, I don't really care about likes and all those things that doesn't really much matter we're not trying to rack up hits here but if this is something that finds any place in you that maybe causes some questions or gets some trains of thought going and maybe it could be of use to someone else we do ask that you would share it because again that's how these things begin to grow and 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 send out ripples throughout the body of messiah to what? to bring us out and therefore bring us in to something that we've not yet endeavored into. And so, well, what are we doing here? This is part three of inhabitants who are called to sojourn, a call to come out. And we left off part two days ago. Um, I've been having a lot of time off from, from the broadcast and I've recorded some audio episodes that we'll post at a later time. I didn't want to break up the series, but you might be wondering what is with the 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 lapse, if you will, of the recordings? because part two was at least five or six days ago, and it was my, not my intent to put any kind of a gap, but I just retreated a little bit and and I started just asking the father for some some clarity, some direction some 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 green lights to move further into some other other areas that I've always been hesitant to put out in the public forum um, and so I was just kind of waiting on that I, I was listening to some counsel from some people who listened to the program um, just some some cause of concern, just to be careful about my delivery and my emotion. So I've been adding those things in as components to arrive at the, at the whole that is the Path to Zion podcast, and ultimately is just me, to just be sure, to be self-controlled, to hear what the Spirit's saying, as, I, as I've been saying for so long. That takes time for us to do. It takes time for us to establish what, in fact, the Word of the Lord is, what the Spirit is saying to the church is right here, right now, in this hour. 2020 is almost over according to the calendar year. Moving into a new year in mere days, someone's got to hear and say and rightly discern what the Spirit is saying. I'm always not coming against, I'm just I'm I'm filled with caution towards the prophets of the hour. And again, as I'm always saying, especially in part two, favorable word, favorable word, favorable word. It's always coming forth saying, and I've seen it since I recorded part two days ago. Blessing, favor, blessing, favor. Hold on, church. The year, the bad year is almost over. The good year is almost here. Just wait till the end of January and all of your desires are going to be brought to you, Christian patriotic American church. Just hold on. It's all about to get better. And what I'm saying is, what if it does not? And what I've really been pondering on the last few days since I stopped part two, in between this little time span here of just mere days, I've really been going another level down of the elevator of thought and asking the question, not like prophetically speaking, because I do want to be a prophet of the hour. I want to hear the hard word of the Lord and deliver it the best way I know how. From his perspective of hope, of purpose, not of just correction and judgment, but like, okay, God, why? Why? What and why? All I keep going back to is if the prayers, this gets so complicated, but all of the prayers and supplications that are coming up from the church, the Christian American church that is so huge, she is a machine, she is a machine. The evangelical machine now. I'm afraid that it might actually turn in our favor, but be against the will of the Father. Now again, doctrinally speaking, this would take more time than I have to unpack. But do you hear what I'm saying? Hopefully this makes a little bit of sense. What if we, what if we are trying so hard to get a certain thing, a certain way, a certain president, a certain governmental order that we like, a Republican, conservative, Christian, patriot, American agenda established, what if in fact we do win, I say we, I'm excluded, what if they win, but what if that is against the purposes of the Father? And we miss what's coming for our good. What was meant to come for our good. And and instead, we trade that in. We get comforts, more lavish living, more grace, more compassion, more mercy. And you say, well, how can mercy and compassion be bad? Do we really need to go through the Bible from beginning to end and establish that? Because of what it produces when men squander that grace. When they squander the kindness of the Father. That's what? That's simple. I don't want to be those people, so we're gonna springboard. Man, I, I I wrote nine more pages in the last four days on this series. I don't know what we're gonna talk about and what we're not. I'm gonna read a lot again because if I'm if I don't do that, if I'm not careful, I will get out here and I'll get out here and I'll get out here. And next thing you know, oh it's 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 morning. We went right through the night. This is going to be multiple parts left, and some of them might surprise you where we're gonna go. I, I wanted to go there um, weeks ago when I started writing this out and studying um, Genesis chapter 26 about Isaac and the redigging of the wells, because in my mind all these correlations started coming. The Father spoke to me very clearly about what I was to share in the, in the this main component to be an, an example of the flaw in the founding of this nation and the issues therein that we're seeing now. Every single passing moment here in this nation as evidence and fruit on the tree of the issue at the root. Man, we're gonna hit that. Anyone who's willing to listen, it's gonna sting real bad. Uh, for the sake of a little bit of, of rehashing where we've been, we ended part two talking about the the biblical the biblically perplexing situation we see in Genesis chapter twenty-six when 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 Isaac is is dwelling in the land of Gerar, and he's he's receiving wealth. He's receiving blessing. His crops are good. His animals are blessed. His his flocks are growing. Um, He has a lot of wealth. He has a lot of territory. He has a lot of, of awesome blessing and favor. He looks a lot like America. He's very cushy. He's good to go. But But of course, we pointed out the problem with all of that, really, if you take all these things away and stop looking superficially, you look back at the preceding verses where Yahweh God tells him to sojourn in the land, go and travel and go and travel and go and travel and go to the land I will show you. I will give you, I will bring you a land for you to inhabit. But the problem is the title of this series. Isaac chose to be an inhabitant and a dweller in the land that he was meant to sojourn through. And and although it does tell us that he stayed a long time and things were going well for him, it looked very good for many years. But things began to change. The king approached him and said, Hey man, you gotta go. We talked about you've become too Gadal, you've become too strong, too great move along, drove him out, drove him away. So he became wealthy. He became successful, but he was disobedient. The wells were dug by his father and he has the right to do that. We said that in part two, but he was disobedient. And like within this this principle, if you will, we see a lot of the American mindset of justification, which is like, well, we see blessing, we see favor, we see wealth, we see prosperity, we see all these good things, good things in the sense of it provides us comforts and lavish living. Well, by our natural mind thinking, we do a mathematical problem and an equation that arrives at the source must be, I guess we're pleasing in the eyes of God. No, it's not true. It's not the case. It's not a hands-down, done-deal thing. We know the biblical pattern. Yahweh God showers his goodness and kindness on on all of mankind, undeserved or deserved. I mean, we know that. We see that throughout the scriptures. God uses and ordains and, and, and sovereignly moves about humanity to carry out his purposes. We cannot just be so topical. So by saying America is blessed, favored, freedom, this, rights to do this, this, that does not just automatically equate being pleasing in the eyes of Yahweh Elohim. It does not guarantee that in any way whatsoever. And we talked about that, but it it began to irritate the people. So the people drove him away and he dwelled again, renaming or naming the well, um, after his father, get out of here again, drive him away. I'm going to do another well. I'm going to settle here. The people get out, go away. And we see this pattern going in the latter stages of, of, um, Genesis 26 with Isaac and he slowly begins to realize the principle of what was happening, I believe. I believe in the pattern of his father. Now, he's a slower learner than his father, Abraham, but he did get to it eventually. And that's where we ended part two. And so we're going to review that in just a little bit here. But I want before I do that, I want to remind us of what we started at. I think it was back in the introduction. May have been the beginning of part one. I'm not sure. But it bears mentioning again the story of Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 11, because a lot of what we're going to talk about from here on, as we, I believe, established the, the biblical pattern within Isaac in Genesis 26 of a call to sojourn and to go, as, as opposed to being a dweller and inhabitant. We know If we are in Yeshua Messiah, if we are regenerated Christ man now in the lineage and the the bloodline of the firstborn of many brethren, the son of God, Emmanuel, most high, we've been moved from the the domain of darkness to the kingdom of light of the marvelous son. We are now embarking into a new life reality, just like Yeshua was trying to teach Nicodemus. Do I go back in my mother's womb? I don't understand. I have a question, please. No, no, no. You, you are regenerated. You are recreated. The, the scriptural metamorphosis, the change happens where you are a new creation. And now through the, through the miracle of Yeshua, the, the God-man, the son, you are now in the people of God, in the bloodline of deity. You are in the bloodline of Yeshua Messiah, the only son of God. You are now as he seated in the same places fulfilling the same functions on earth as it is in heaven as as the as the incarnate one the word made flesh on the earth wow i mean what are, are oh well what how about you brother what's your testimony well i got saved when i was 12 amen bless god no way no way no way we're talking about something that is only be a, we're only able to understand little parts of the enormity of our regeneration experience. It's huge. It's beyond our understanding. Most of it has to be by faith. But there is something we are embarking in, into unto now, which is what? We are awaiting a land. We are awaiting. I'm watching. I'm watching for something on the horizon that will descend It will descend from the highest heaven. It's called New Jerusalem. Zion. We're on the pathway there. That's the name of the program. We're on this pathway. We're rediscovering, digging out the ancient way reality. Why? Because it's our destiny. Our destiny is there. My destiny is not found in a nation and a kingdom of men. My destiny is not to be a good patriotic Christian American. Are you serious? No. We've got to elevate our expectation, our posture, our position, our understanding of our function, the what is man reality from the book of Psalms. We are called to execute and establish a governmental authority in the name of Yahweh Elohim. His banner is going before us and we are a set apart, distinct, royal priesthood. Man, we are set apart people, man. And we're awaiting a kingdom that cannot be squeezed into the confines and lowly estate, kingdoms of men. It cannot and it will not, nor should we try to continue to Christianize this nation. It never was, it is not, it never will be, it's Babylonian, and it will not endure, it will not. And so let us be reminded of the the, um, life of Solomon again briefly, and we'll get into today. But this has got to be picked up again and, and and moved into our understanding of why are we why why are we worried? Why should we be concerned about the status of this nation outside of political parties and and ballot fraud? I mean, everybody just operates up here the 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 Christian American patriotic majority just hovers up here on these surface level issues. And speak as though we understand the deep revelations of the hour. Man, you can turn on Fox or CNN right now and get hours of information about voter fraud. It's everywhere. Why? Oh, I saw a secret tape. I saw a video that nobody else has seen. Well, not yet. Oh, wait. Oh, ah, dang it. Two million people have seen it. I've got to find something else that's a secret. You know, this verbiage and rhetoric of the modern day church is just crazy. The the prophet says, hey, I was just told something this morning. No one's ever been told before. <laughs> oh, wow. Now King Solomon, we're going to get right to the scriptures. First Kings chapter 11. Okay, so Solomon, we're going to have to paraphrase for the sake of time. I won't even show you all the pages I have. He loved many foreign women along with the daughter of Pharaoh. Lists all these people where they're from. The ladies. They were from the nations of which the Lord had said to the sons of Israel, You shall not associate with them, nor shall they associate with you. They will certainly do something. They will turn your heart away to follow their gods. And it goes on to talk about how Solomon's heart was, when he got older, his wives turned his heart away to follow other gods And it is his heart, okay? Solomon's heart, which is really the crux of the problem, was not wholly devoted to Yahweh Elohim. Okay, So here is the crux of the matter that all of us have got to admit right now. Anyone who's really willing to go further into sojourning into a kingdom that's yet before us instead of setting up habitation here, which is not everyone, by the way. We know that. A lot of people, they want to sit here, lock the doors, get out the ammo... The only way I'm going out is in a body bag. This is my home. We're fighting to the death. That's my American right. Well, that's an option for you, friend. But it's not a very good one. and sure isn't a kingdom-minded one. So the issue really at hand for, for Solomon is the same that is before us today. His heart was not fully, wholly devoted to Yahweh Elohim. And friends, here's the challenge to me to you and to anyone else that's on the earth right now, especially to the church, capital C, global church, are our hearts wholly, fully devoted to Yahweh. I mean fully. And I'm telling you, unless you're willing to say no, no, I'm not. You're going to be arrogant, prideful, boastful, and Yahweh is going to look at you and say, "Mm -mm. I oppose the proud, man. I'm sorry. I oppose the proud. I give grace, mercy, compassion. I receive into myself the humble. I'm in opposition if you're in pride. And you are in pride if you say, hey, you are mixed, you are mixed, you are mixed, you are mixed. You're evil, you're evil, you're evil, you're evil. I know God. No, there's mixing in you, friend. There's pride in you. It's in me. I know hands down, sure thing, there's mixing in me. I am not wholly devoted to Yahweh Elohim. I know that. I, will I ever be? I don't know. that's my trajectory. It's my life's calling. It's my destiny is to is to become so wholly infatuated with my father that like he is what I'm going for. He himself is New Jerusalem. Yeshua is going to come and receive his reward. He's going to establish a kingdom, a new heaven and a new earth. Why? (laughs) Edenic return. Cohabitation, if you will, with Yahweh and his people. A nation. A nation of people together with the Creator. It's beautiful. It's yet before us, though. It is yet before us, and we can't try to be cramming it now into a 200-year-old nation. 200 years old. Okay, so... In Genesis chapter 26, 22, we, we ran across Isaac's newfound desire to move. Praise the Father. He got it. Oh, yes, I'm supposed to move out of here. I'm being run off for a reason. It's part of the covenantal reality of the perfect Father. I remember my father, David, telling me about this. He had to say that, I'm sure. Abraham. <laughs> I hate it when I say wrong names and then I go back and I listen to these recordings. I'm like, Man, I can't believe I said that. We know Abraham was Isaac's father. I was thinking of Solomon. He didn't do what his father did. He did not follow the Lord fully as David had done. So Isaac, he's in this Rehoboth. And he digs a well there. And this place of expansion is exposed. And he says something along the lines that we don't have time to read all the text. Surely the Lord has basically done what he said. He's giving, he's giving me expansion. He's giving me his promise. But he leaves there and he goes to a place called Beersheba. He leaves. After he gets to the place that Yahweh God is pleased with him, he moves And the Lord visits Isaac right away. Right away. In verse 22, Isaac, quote, removed from there, just like Abraham did in Genesis 12. It's the same word, same same Hebrew word. Abraham, then Isaac, eventually understood that he would only inherit Yahweh's greater covenantal promises by becoming a sojourner, looking towards a greater covenant, more permanent dwelling that Yahweh himself would identify at when Yahweh decides is right. All other cities of refuge would be filled with strife, contention, hatred, and fighting. That's why he named the wells Contention, Hatred, Fighting, Quarreling. As he began to move on from the opposition, he went up from, from the well Sitna, and he found at the next well that the striving was missing. Rehoboth, expansion. There's no strife. No one's fighting me over this. Yet he moved again, which shows us he understood. He understood the command. He, he was getting it. At some, some, some wheels were starting to turn. And he goes to Beersheba. Now that very night, we're told that that night, the Lord visits him. He, Isaac, builds an altar. He pitches a tent. And he willingly chooses to remain a foreigner, a stranger, in lands that were not for him. He's catching on. Wait, all these people are running me off. Don't I have the right here? My father dug these wells. It's my right. We talked about that in part two. It's a lot of American justification. This is ours. We want to claim territory. You don't come here, build a wall, get out. You, are you on welfare? You don't work, you don't get a job, you get out. Okay. And see what I'm saying? We, we, in our arrogance and our pride, Christian America says, hey, we're deserving here. Branded. Sure thing. Done deal. We deserve to be here. We're the contributors. We're the taxpayers. We're the workers. (laughs) We're all these things. Everybody else, we decide who is not those things. You got to go. Get out of here. You go. Detriment. Detriment. That's true. That's true. That's what they do. But Isaac was beginning to understand, huh, all this trouble, all this angst, all this turmoil. Hmm, maybe I'm supposed to just keep moving like I was commanded to do at the outset. Abimelech, who runs Isaac off at the beginning of 26, chapter 26, he even tracks Isaac down. Why? Run him off again? No, he wants to make a covenant now with Isaac. He wants to make an oath. And he, he acknowledges, um, I don't know if I want to take the time to do all that. It's in 2626, Abimelech came to Isaac from Gerar with his advisor and the commander of his army. And Isaac said, why have you come to me now? You hate me. What are you doing? I'm not bothering you anymore. I left." Well, Abimelech, set, he, Abimelech seeks him out, Isaac. He said, but Isaac says, why? You hate me. Why are you here? You sent me away from you. And they all said, we see plainly that the Lord has been with you. What? Okay. So when Isaac was trying to put down roots and be an inhabitant in the land of Gerar, where Abimelech was ruling and reigning, and he, he, Isaac, became too large, too great, as I said, potentially flaunting all that he had, hey, hey, Look at us. Look at me and my flocks and my houses. I'm the greatest. And you know what it began, I think, began to rub everybody a little bit raw and said, Man, brother, you got to move. Get out of here. He does. We, We have to point this out every time. Isaac does not argue the point. He does not bring armies of men and slay Abimelech and all the inhabitants of Gerar. He goes to the valley, the herdsmen, Get out of here, man. This isn't yours either. Get out. Does Isaac retaliate? Hey, this is my land. My father built these wells, you know. I have the right to be here. No. Isaac leaves. Moves. We have to learn these things, man. These principles, for sure. At least compared to other parts of Scripture. Instead of just, We're warrior men who are taking back territory for Yahweh. Move out of the way. Steamroller. (laughs) No, there are a lot of accounts of how God uses his people in different ways that we must talk about and shed light on. So now, Abimelech says, surely the Lord's with you. And so Isaac's men dig a well there, find water. They come back and report and say, we found water. He says, we're going to name it Shiva," which means an oath. So an oath well with Abimelech. And so here we are now, let's come right back through time and come back to 2020, moving into 2021, a church that once declared a king and a kingdom like thousands of years ago, thousands of years ago now, and, and at Yeshua's time with the disciples, and then moving into the apostolic first, second, third century, the, 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 the followers of the way the Nazarene people, the people who said, look, I don't care about anything else except the name of Yeshua the Messiah. They once declared a king and a kingdom that superseded natural ones. But now we've become so involved in the affairs of natural kingdoms, America, political activists, patriots, man, all over Facebook, even this morning, he's a patriot. He's a patriot. I'm a patriot. They're a politician. They're a politician. They're an evil, vile liar. Patriots stand up. And man, every time I read these things, something in me says, no, 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 no. It's the inhabitant mindset. It's the dweller mindset of this is ours and everybody else is going to move out of our way. So dangerous for the believers. So dangerous for the true follower of Messiah who are wanting to walk as Yeshua walked. Who again, as we went back at the very beginning, we mentioned and made very crystal clear what you already know. He had nowhere to lay his head, he had no place to call his home. Why? He was a foreigner, he was an alien, he was a sojourner, and we are called to do likewise. He would not take the bait to set up and establish a natural national kingdom on the earth. Why? He said, No, 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 no. It's too small. It's too small you got to raise your vantage point, friends. We're establishing something way bigger than a mere national kingdom. Same then, same today. It's too natural, too fleeting, too small. We've exchanged a kingdom identity for a natural temporal one by becoming infatuated, infatuated, with perpetuating the goings-on of this pagan nation that we are called to pass through. Do you hear what I said? I didn't have that written down or else I'd read it again. We are establishing deep, 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 deep heart roots, identity roots, infatuated with the goings-on of a pagan nation, America, that we were called to sojourn through. Ignore? No. Pretend we're not here? No. Wish we were somewhere else? Nope, not at all. Establish on earth as it is in heaven from a kingdom vantage point and a not yet reality of keeping our eyes on what is before us, a covenantal promise an oath of expansion that's yet before us. Yes and amen. Not a dweller. Not an inhabitant. The inhabitants are carrying out the will of the Father. The inhabitants here the inhabitants, I'm I'm convinced of this. I've thought about this every single day since I did the uh, part two, the inhabitants of this world, the patterns of the world and the inhabitants of this nation. Okay. One's outside of the kingdom, outside of the people of God. This is their home. This is their home. Spiritually speaking, this is their abode. They are not redeemed, regenerated men in likeness and image of the Son who are set-apart, distinct, holy, royal priesthood, chosen nation, people. They are not. They're not. They're outside of the people of God. They're on the negative side of the goyim reality, the nations. They have not been brought in, spiritually speaking, into the house of Yahweh. This is their home. This is their home. This nation can be their home. This nation is the home of millions of people outside of the kingdom of God. And rightly so. This is their home until they have the born-again reality that Yeshua was talking to Nicodemus about that removes you out of the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light. And therefore, you are no longer an inhabitant here. You're merely a sojourner here looking for a home that is yet before you, Zion. New Jerusalem. That seems so simple. I don't understand the problem. I don't understand the confusion. I don't understand the love for down here. But there is much to do. I want to make that always clear. There's much to do here. We're not promoting idleness where we sit down and are spiritually ineffective and have nothing to do with the here and now. No influence over principalities and powers. No understanding and walking in the cosmic geography, authority of the name of Yahweh God, holy ground reality, where I go, he goes. I mean, we're not talking about removing those two. We're not removing that from this equation at all. In fact, as I said, I believe in part one, I think until you actually become a sojourner in a nation such as America... You cannot rightly affect the principalities and powers of the fallen kingdom, nation, domain of darkness that you were within and delivered out of until you come out of it in here. You can't. You're still an inhabitant. You're still a dweller here. You're still under the authority and the governmental reign and rule of the nation. You are in the the, the, the governmental authority of the, of the Goyim people That are not set apart, consecrated unto the Father. They cannot be because it is under and within the confines of a fleeting, natural, young, temporal kingdom that will pass away. It is not eternal. It is not something that is yet before us. It is a not yet reality that cannot house the perfect order and government of God. He has not placed his name upon America. The church is tirelessly demanding her right to Christianize a natural kingdom. It can't contain Yahweh's promises in full. It can't. It cannot. We have to understand when we're thinking about and examining our lives about what areas of nationalism are in me. What ways do I think uh, uh, towards advantageous rules, amendments, constitutions, laws that only benefit me and give me pleasure and think I deserve and think that I have to have because that's my right. Are we being dwellers or sojourners? I'm going to continue to ask that question. We have to keep bringing that to the forefront of this series. It is a not yet kingdom that we are waiting for, that there's a new Jerusalem reality That we cannot become satisfied with a temporal fleeting nation and equally long for what is before us. A not yet reality. Man, I've got so many parts. Let's say a few more things and then we'll close this off and we'll just skip right to another one. Man, I thought I'd get... man. People want to identify with something greater. Let's talk about that for a mere moment. People want to identify with something. I get that. We all do. We want to find a people we identify with. We want to find a denomination in some cases. You want to find a community. You want to find a family. You want something. It's it's inherent in our humanity to find our place. And if we're not careful, if we're still functioning in our own understanding and in our own Mindset and, and propping up self, we're gonna fall back on our identities that are outside of Messiah because it in our skewed view, he's not enough. We're not enough. American patriotism, indigenous heritage, African American history, family lineage, Native American bloodlines. I get it. Who are we? Who are we? And We grasp and we claw to fit, to find purpose, to exalt ourselves, to be important, to matter. And I, I, would, I would say, I would say, I would submit to you that it's at least possible that, that if we could dig that out and unearth it and, and peel back some layers, part of what's within that, that I see prevalent all around me in millions of ways, we see the struggle to find a place to dwell. Where we fit. Where can we inhabit? Where can I find my place, prop up my identity, my accomplishments, my heritage, to make me matter, to make me important to someone, to make me feel like what? Like I belong here. I belong here. I have the right to be here. And I think we all want that, and that's right and good and fine in proper measure. But if it's not being used to establish loyalty, purpose, and identity, only as we tarry here and travel here, if all of that is not only to get us to our eternal purpose, it's all for naught and will be a hindrance to us because we're laboring to prop ourselves up as people who matter in the natural kingdoms of men, because my great-great-great-great-great-grandfather sat at a Thanksgiving table with some Native Americans and sang a hymn. And it gives us these warm, fuzzy feelings. Or so-and-so's ancestors did this, and, and theirs did that, and oh boy, oh. We're grasping for identity. We're grasping for identity, however it can come. Oh, please give me something of substance to make sure there's a reason why I'm here. The reason we're here is to walk out as God, men, as sojourners in a land that we were not meant to inhabit. Because I want to be like this, okay? This is popping in my mind. I'm a very imagery-based person. Like right now in this second, this is the image I just saw man this is this is so big, man. this stuff is so huge. this could be a 25 part series. What do you do? Let's say you're you're driving in a car and you see three cars next to you in traffic, and you see all three people doing this. I'll make sure I'm on camera. What do you do? Ah, what is it? You look. What are they looking at? What is, what do they see? You see a guy standing on a street corner doing this, down on the ground maybe. What do you do? What's he looking at? What's down there? Does he see something? Right? What is that? Such a That is such an elementary principle that just popped in my mind, but so true. We have become a Christian patriotic American nation that is so infatuated with the down here all of the spokespeople for the most part not everyone so the majority for sure hands down sure thing the majority are so captivated with the down here so captivated with the down here all we're doing is this and you know who else is looking there the inhabitants those not in the royal priesthood those not who are those ones who are not the chosen people those who are not in Messiah. Why? Again, because they're inhabitants here. It's what they're to do. But we who are in Messiah, who are now seated in heavenly places now with him. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. You're not supposed to be captivated down here, right? No. There's something set before us. I see it. I see it. I'm going. Hey, hey, brother. Uh, Did you see the latest recount? No, man. No, I didn't. Zion. 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 Hey, brother, did you hear what the Democrats did last night? No. I don't care. Zion. Zion. Hey, man, are you going to the gun rally downtown tonight? No. Zion. Zion. You see what I'm saying? And this could filter down in a million different ways, but because of the topic at hand, it's falling to political nationalism-based driven thinking. This could fall on me in a million different ways. A million ways for any one of us, if we're honest, but we're talking about how we have become inhabitants in a nation that we were meant to sojourn through and come out of. But we have become captivated with the goings-on of the domain of darkness. We've been duped to believe that this is what our lives are about. We've been dumbed down. As much as the verbiage is about how woke the church is, no, it's not true. That's that's the deception. It is inherent for man to crave a belonging and a greater purpose. I believe it's right and godly. Yes, amen. But... It must be viewed through the principle we see in the Edenic call in Genesis. There is an abode that we have to return to that can't be housed here in the fallen kingdoms of men, including America, who again is 200 years old. She is a newborn baby. We are to be aliens, travelers, sojourners. I'm going to say this and then we're going to have to move on. I've gotten nowhere. Back in the early 2000s, my wife and I got married in 2000. We got very involved in like a lot of things, more flavors and in and out of churches. Youth pastor for several years at a country church and simultaneously we were very involved. And right before that in Metro Atlanta, very involved what what became known then as the, the relevant church. A magazine came out called Relevant Magazine. Music became very hip and cool. We go to clubs. We go to secular clubs, man. Christian bands are playing in secular clubs. It's awesome. Why? We can kind of be like the world, and we can be Christian. Awesome, right? <laughs> Same issue. Same as the nationalism-driven thinking that permeates Christian America in the patriotic sense. We're trying to be dual citizens. We're, we're neither hot nor cold. Dual citizenship rules and reigns. We used to be that way in our own way in a whole different facet of it. But I remember when the relevant church was really starting to come on the scene and like, we've got to win people over by being just like them. We've got to convince them we're fine. We're normal. Just like I've said in podcasts over the last couple of years, how a prominent leader who's now fallen from his position from infidelity, making national news, another embarrassment to the church on a global level. Just like I would be if I were in the limelight, so don't get on your high horse, and I can't either. You're, you don't have a camera in your face every day. We're no better. But I remember him saying that he was trying to embark to, into proving to the world, to the lost world, that the church and preachers and teachers and evangelists were no different than the world. There's this myth that they're aliens, that we're just aliens. That something's wrong with us. That we're we just don't fit in anywhere. And we're out to just kind of tear down those judgments and let people know we're just like them. And friends, here's the same issue in another facet, and that's what I'm trying to point out and to, and to establish as a diagram here, if you will, of issue with identity. We want a temporal identity. <laughs> it gives us comfort. It gives the patriotic Christian Americans some sense of right and authority within herself to execute what the Constitution says is her right to do and to be. And it gives us this false sense of security. We don't need Yahweh God fully. We do not, Christian Americans. It's in the Constitution. I don't need Yahweh. This proves to everyone who would read it that I can have these... These rights, they cannot be taken from me. Look, read right here, line four. And so our hope is in that. And we go to that and we go back to that and we go back to that over and over again. It's all over the news, 24 seven. Hey, uh-uh, you can't do that. They can't do that. They can't make me do that. But friends, until you come out of that system, they will make you do anything they want you to do. It's their right. Why? It's a kingdom of men. And pagan ways and traditions from the outset, and we're going to get to that, holy cow, I don't even, that, wow. Some eyes are going to be open. I'm hoping, I'm hoping dozens. I'm hoping hundreds and thousands. I would be pleased with one, and I'm not even kidding. If one human being who's a believer in Messiah would listen to what I'm going to share in an upcoming episode and say, I can never be a patriot again. I believe that is the call of the Father right now that we're going to get to. I have these imaginations of someone saying, I can never pledge allegiance to this nation again because it's time to come out. Christian America, for your good, just like Isaac, you're frustrated, you're full of contention, The inhabitants of the land are full of strife and anger and hatred. Not because we're Christians. Not because of how strong our faith is. No. Because the ways of the sovereign father are saying, This is for your good, son. Move. Move. Don't get comfortable here. I'm sending the inhabitants of the land to run you out. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. Don't brand it warrior for Jesus. Don't brand it. Republican fighter for patriotic America and justify it because of a constitution written by men only 200 years ago. Don't do it. Yield like Isaac and go and move. Friends, will you be? Will you become a sojourner in a land you're inhabiting if that is in fact you? Because we have become inhabitants of a land that we were meant to sojourn through. We've got to come out. We have got to come out. We have got to come out. We need to end this here. Thank you for watching. Go to pathdesion.com. All these episodes that are originating as videos are going to be extracted out. The audio will be taken out and put on the pathdesion.com website as audio only if you prefer that way. Otherwise, man, I think I might just stop this one and go right into the next part because I got nowhere. I don't feel like we're just rambling, wasting time. I hope you agree. And so thank you for watching today. And, and later on, thank you for listening. For those who will listen globally, man, at PatDesign.com. We're picking up listeners all over the place. Why? Maybe, maybe, maybe. Because out of the, out of the solar system of truth, maybe we've found a grain of sand. <laughs> I'm always knocking this thing over. Maybe we've found a grain of sand of truth. Because of the Father's kindness towards us. Because he wants to warn us, call us out to set us free. Are you free? Maybe you think you're free, but you're not. I don't know. Let's ask these questions. We're going to come back and do what will be part four. Thank you for watching. Amen.